Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Good evening, Dayspring Church, and thank you once again for joining us. It's such a privilege to be able to come into your bedrooms, into your living rooms to minister the word of the Lord. I'm so glad that you have connected. Now it's time for us to connect with his word, to connect with the Lord. So let's open up our Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. We're going to be reading Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17 to 27. Jeremiah was called by the Lord in in Jeremiah chapter 1. He was from the tribe of Benjamin, but there's really no record that he became a Levite. But he was sent to a people and to a nation to preach not only judgment, but also to, to preach a message of hope. And because of his message, he was known as the weeping prophet. He lamented because the people did not listen to Uh, the voice of the Lord, he was placed into prison. And Jeremiah chapter 32, what we're going to read, verse 17, he is in prison and he is calling out, he is crying out to the Lord. So Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17, it says, Ah, O sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show love to the thousands, but bring the punishment for the parents' sin into the laps of their children after them. Great and mighty, whose name is the Lord Almighty. Verse 19. Great are your purpose and mighty are your deeds. Your eyes are upon the ways of all mankind. You reward each person according to their conduct as 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 their deeds deserve. Verse 20. You, you perform signs and wonders in Egypt and have continued them this day. In Israel and among all mankind, and have gained the renown that is still yours. You brought your people Israel out of Egypt with signs and wonders, by a mighty hand and outstretched arm, with great terror. You gave them this land you had sworn to give their ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. They came in and took possession of it, but they did not obey you or follow your law. They did not do what you commanded them to do. So so you brought all this disaster on them. See how the siege ramps are built to take up the city because of the sword, famine, and plague. The city will be given into the hands of the Babylonians who are attacking it. What you said has happened, as you now see. Verse 25. And thou, the city will be given into the hands of the Babylonians. You, sovereign Lord, say to me, Buy the field with silver and have the transaction witness. Verse 26. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. God is speaking. Verse 27. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind or flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Let me repeat that. Is, verse 27, is anything too hard for me? Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. We adore you and we appreciate you, Lord. 
We thank you, Lord, for this time that we can come together as a church to seek you, to hear your word, to be blessed by your power, your presence, and through your word. We ask, Lord, that you touch every heart, every mind, every soul. Let them hear your words from up above. Anoint my lips of clay. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And can the church of God say amen and amen. I would like to preach on the subject, hope in desperate times. You know, the book of Jeremiah was written under the backdrop of supreme evil. Uh, The people of God had walked away from God and they had embraced the gods of the pagan nations that surrounded them. And because of their sin, God is bringing judgment upon the people. Uh, It was a time of pain. It was a time of sorrow. It was a time of judgment. It was an atmosphere that Jeremiah was sent by God to preach the word of the Lord. Now, Jeremiah was sent to a people who would not hear his message. He was sent to a people who would turn a deaf ears to the pleas of repentance. He was sent to a people who were given over to their sins, that they had absolutely no desire to hear from God or God's man. And Jeremiah preached in this climate for over 50 years, and there's no record that he even had one single convert. Uh, It was a tragic time in the nation of Israel. Uh, Jeremiah was sent to them to preach a message of judgment. He was sent to the people to let them know that they had angered God and they were about to be judged. Uh, Jeremiah was commanded to tell them that their nation would be invaded. He was sent to tell them that they would be taken away uh, in captive, uh, to be taken away captive by the Babylonians. He was sent to deliver a message of final judgment to their king. And as a result, the Bible says that Jeremiah was was not the most popular uh, man in the nation. In fact, the Bible tells us that he was arrested and he was thrown into prison by King uh, Zedekiah for preaching the truth. And just let me say in parenthesis that those are not far away here in America. Jeremiah wrote the passage we have read while he is sitting in a prison cell. And out of that tragic, difficult time comes a ray of hope for all those who place their lives in God. And while Jeremiah languished in prison, the Lord came to him with a word of hope, of promise, of blessing. And the words of Jeremiah offer the same comfort to our hearts today. Now, as everyone knows, we are living in tough times. Can I get a witness? Uh, Times are tough spiritually. Times are tough economically. Times are tough in the church. Times are tough in the family. Times are tough on individuals. Times are just tough right now. But I want you to know that the same God who spoke to Jeremiah in that prison cell is the same God who knows where you are at today. He is the God of the impossible and he is still the God of the impossible Now, can I get a witness? Amen. Jeremiah had confidence in God. Look at verse 17. In this prayer, in the cell, he he calls out to the Lord. And in this great prayer of hope, Jeremiah presents evidence that he has collected about God that shows him to truly be the God of the impossible. 
Now, Jeremiah found hope in, in a desperate time by considering the nature of God. Since God does not change, Malachi chapter 3 verse 16 tells us, I am the Lord your God. I change not. The writer of the Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, he says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We can rest assured that, the, that, that we have that same hope in the God that we serve. So notice the foundation of Jeremiah's confidence in the Lord. He contemplates God's creation. You know, when Jeremiah considers the work of God's hands, he understands that he is serving a God whom nothing shall be impossible. Uh, the heavens above us and the world around us declare the power of the person of God. His creation declares him to be truly the God of the impossible. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 tells us in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And Genesis 1.1 perhaps is the greatest commentary of God's power along with Isaiah 40 verse 12. And Romans chapter 1 verse 20 also declares the greatness of his creation. You see regardless of what lies in your path today. Regardless of what road you are traveling today, regardless of what situation or circumstances you are in today, remember that if you are his, if you belong to God who made it all, if he can make everything out of nothing, surely he can be trusted to take care of your situation, of your needs. That's why the Bible tells us that God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory can someone say amen in that prison cell Jeremiah contemplates God's character you know the language Jeremiah uses to describe God in these verses serves to remind us who he is that he is truly a God of grace that he is a God of love, that he is a God of mercy, and that he is a God of provision. He is the God of miracles, and he is the God of power. He is the God who moves the heavens and the earth and suspends the very laws of nature if necessary to meet the needs of his children. Just look at Elijah when he prayed and fire came down. The three Hebrew boys in the, in the fiery furnace. Daniel in the lion's den. The raising of the son of the widow of Zarephath. The feeding of 5,000. The disciples in the storm. Mary, Martha, and the raising of Lazarus from the dead. You see, God will move heavens and earth to meet your needs. Because he is our God and he loves his children. Can someone say amen? You see, day spring, he has not changed. He has not changed. He is the same God of the old, as the same God of the new, as the same God of the now. Day spring, he has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is the same God now that he was then. He still knows what it takes and possesses what it takes to see you through whatever you are going through in life. Can someone say amen? Jeremiah contemplates God's conversion. Look at verse 21 to 22. Jeremiah also finds confidence from the Lord's power as it is displayed in the deliverance from slavery in Egypt. In verse 21 to 22, 
he recounts how the Lord moved to deliver them from Egypt. And he remembers how God brought them into the land of Canaan. And he writes how the Lord demonstrated his power to save his people. And that thought ought to give each and every one of us confidence. That ought to give us confidence because he is the same yesterday. That he is the same God of the old. That he is our deliverer. That he is your deliverer. That he is your deliverer. That he heals the loneliness. That he heals the sick and the disease. That he breaks the chains of slavery. That he overcomes trials and temptations. That he frees us from the bondage of sin. Praise God that sin is no longer our master. That he frees us from the bondage of slavery. Praise God. The Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses and in our sins. But Jesus Christ came into our lives and freed us from the bondage of sin. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, when I think of God making the world and everything part of it, I marvel. When I think of him creating the light with the word, I am amazed. When I think of the vastness of the universe and how he created the stars and the moons and the planets just by speaking them into existence, I am speechless. But when I think that a holy, eternal, infinite, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, would a God who would condescend his love uh, uh, to a sinner like me, I am brought to my knees to worship the Lord. When I contemplate the vastness of his love, I realize that he can take a black heart like mine, wash it in the red wash it in the red blood of his son, make it whiter than snow. He can do anything. And that gives me confidence that we are serving a God who is nothing, who is, there's nothing too difficult for him. He is the God of the impossible. Can someone say amen? He is the God of the impossible. And that should give us confidence today, regardless of what you face in life. If he can save us, nothing is too big for God. Praise God. Nothing is too big for God. Jeremiah had confidence in God. Look at verse 23 to 25. Jeremiah is facing a crisis. Look at the problem he faced. While the people of God had been blessed, they have refused to walk in the will of the Lord. And as a result, they are experiencing judgment upon their nation. And seeing the wrath of God being poured out firsthand causes Jeremiah some disturbance in his soul. He is perplexed and he is confused by what he sees happening around him. And it brings him to a time of crisis in his life. And yet he knows that this is what the Lord said would happen in verse 24. So you have a, a holy man living in the midst of unholy people. They are suffering for their sins. And he is suffering right along with them. And I don't care how strong or how well you are grounded. That would cause anyone problems. It bothers us too. Doesn't it? We've, have, we, we've, we've uh, somehow gotten the idea that knowing the Lord somehow guarantees us from problems of life. 
Uh, Jesus Christ said in John, in this world you will have problems. And nothing can be further from the truth. In fact, serving the Lord in a wicked hour like the one which you went, went the wicked hour which we are living in guarantees us that we will face problems in our day just as Jeremiah faced them. You see, God is judging our nation. I believe it. And the people of God will suffer right along with it. As our economy suffers, we will suffer too. As morality and wickedness grow, that will affect us as well. And add to the fact that Satan will see it that God's children are hated and attacked and persecuted. And you have a recipe for spiritual crisis. If a person is not well grounded in his word, is, is not well grounded in his presence, there is always the potential that they will fail by the wayside. And that's when trouble comes their way. Jeremiah followed God's plan. Look at verse 25. After Jeremiah is thrown in prison, he is commanded by the Lord to purchase a piece of property from his uncle. Now this transaction caused Jeremiah some serious moments of doubt. Now think about it. He is preaching to a people that judgment is coming. He is telling them that their nation is about to be destroyed and all the people are about to be taken away by the Babylonians as slaves. And yet God tells Jeremiah to buy a piece of property. Now why do you buy a piece of property in the first place? Well, most people buy it because... They have plans for the future. Maybe they're going to build a home or start a business or make an investment in the future or, or just have something to pass along to the next generation. Jeremiah is buying a piece of property he will probably never see or, or never use. This transaction brought Jeremiah uh, to a moment of crisis. In fact, when the Lord works in ways that we don't understand, it leaves us perplexed as well. Can I get a witness? And I confess to you that there are many things that I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand why some folks seem to have such a, a hard time making it through life. And there are many things that I don't understand. But if I focus on those things, I'll, I'll have a moment of crisis just like Jeremiah did. But I think part of Jeremiah's crisis came from the fact that he didn't want to look like a fool. I mean, think about it. He was in prison. Buying a piece of land when the nation was on the brink of destruction. Surely he thought the people around him would think that he had lost his mind. That he, he had lost his marvel. Isn't that part of the problem sometimes? We know what the Lord wants us to do. Can I get a witness? And sometimes we even do it. But it often seems so unnatural and so strange to us. That we worry about what the rest of the world thinks about our actions. Nobody wants to look foolish to other people. But sometimes God's commands just don't make sense. I mean think about it. In Exodus chapter 14 Moses was commanded to hold a stick over the ocean when the people of God were under attack. In Exodus chapter 15, Moses was commanded to cut down a tree and throw it into the pool of water to make it drinkable. In Exodus chapter 17, Moses was commanded to strike a rock so that the people of God could have something to drink. In Numbers chapter 21, the people of Israel were commanded to look at a snake on a pole to be healed of a snake bite. 
In Isaiah chapter 20, Isaiah was commanded to walk around naked as an object lesson to the king of Israel. None of these things make sense to us. But they were all the will of God. Praise God. So it is with us. The Lord's will doesn't always make sense in our minds. Can I get a witness? But the secret to contentment in the service of the Lord is absolute obedience. Can I get a witness? Even when we don't understand what he's up to. Even when God doesn't make sense. Even when we just can't fathom what the Lord is doing. The fact is that we will never understand the Lord and his ways. Isaiah chapter 55 tells us that the ways of the Lord, that his ways are higher than our ways. That his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his thoughts higher than ours. Our duty as believers is to trust in the Lord. To put faith, to put our faith in him. Our duty is to trust him in spite of what we don't know and what we can't see. Because as a songwriter, as a song says, even when we can't see it, God is working. Even when we can't see it, God is working. You know, I believe that this was a statement of trust in God's future by Jeremiah. You know what Jeremiah was saying? Okay, I'm going to purchase this property. But he is saying that he believed God would keep his promise to Israel. And that one day those wanderers will come back home, praise God. It was a statement of truth that God was going to keep his commandment. He didn't understand why God uh, told him to buy a, a piece of property. But he was going to trust the Lord because his promises are true. And he doesn't slack in his promises. That's the God that we serve. Can I get a witness? Jeremiah had comfort. The Lord speaks to Jeremiah to bring him comfort in this time of crisis. And what God says to Jeremiah in these verses surely comforted his heart. And these words can also comfort ours. He was comforted by God's power. Notice verse 26 to 35. God tells Jeremiah that he will indeed bring judgment upon the people of Israel because of their sin. Everything, has, everything he has promised to do... He is able to bring to pass. Now God reminds Jeremiah that he is also the God of the flesh or God of mankind. That God will judge Israel. And he will use the lost pagans of Babylon to do it. And so God declares his power by asking Jeremiah a simple and straightforward question. So what does he ask Jeremiah? He asks him, is anything too hard for the Lord. Praise God. Turn around to your neighbor and tell him, is anything too hard for the Lord? Praise God. Is anything too hard for the Lord? God speaks to Jeremiah and he tells him, hey, is there anything too hard for the Lord? The word hard means to be beyond one's power, to be difficult to do. 
God is simply saying that nothing is beyond his power and that nothing is too difficult for him. That he is the God of the impossible. Praise God. That he is the God who provides. That he is the God who changes hearts. That he is the God who protects. That he is the God who strengthens. That he is the God who heals. That he is the God who restores. That he is the God who gives us peace that will pass all understanding. Is there anything too difficult for God? Let me tell you that there's nothing too difficult for God. God can do the impossible. What is impossible for man is possible for the God that we serve. He can take a sinner like me, place his spirit in me, wash me with his blood, and I'm a new creature in Jesus Christ. There is nothing too difficult for God. Can someone out there say amen? Praise God. May that truth of his word encourage you today. That God is still God who possesses all power on heaven and on earth. That he is still the God who is able to exceedingly, abundantly, above all what we think or ask. That he is still God who works all things after the counsel of his own will. That he is God and that should comfort us today. That he is still God. He is on the throne. He cares for his people. There's nothing too difficult for God. And he can move in your life if you'll just allow God to bless you, to, to invade your life. Praise God. Can someone say amen? He was comforted by God's promises. Praise God. He was comforted by God's promises. You know, your kids will disappoint you. Uh, your parents will disappoint you. Your, your work will disappoint you. Uh, your pastor will disappoint you. Your pillar pastors will disappoint you. will disappoint you, praise God. But let me tell you that God will not disappoint you. Amen. He will not disappoint you. His promises are yes and amen. And Jeremiah in the midst of this prison cell is comforted by God's promises. You see, God tells Jeremiah that the people of Israel will will fall and they will go away into Babylon captivity. He also tells the prophets that he will bring them home again, that he will gather them himself and they will serve him. And he will be their God and they will be their people. In other words, the judgment that they face will serve to purify them and they will return to him and to the place of blessing. So it is with us. You see, the Lord uses crises in our lives to mold us. Yes, in Jeremiah, you could read of the potter molding. The Lord uses crises in our lives to mold us, to grow us, to develop us. And yes, he uses pain and hardship and, and, and suffering and trials of life to make us more like Jesus. Wasn't it the apostles who say, you must increase, Lord, and I must decrease? Doesn't Romans chapter 8 verse 28 tell us that all things work together for good to them that love him? He is the God of the impossible. He can take that situation you see as being so impossible and he can transform it into a time of blessing for you and for his glory. Hallelujah. And let the comfort of God's promises give you peace and encouragement regardless of what you face in life today.
He will stand them all and not a single one will ever fall. Psalms chapter 138 verse 2. I like this verse. It says, I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Matthew chapter 24 verse 35. It says, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, not jot, not one tittle, shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Excuse me. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. The very God who made the world and all that is within it. Come to the prophet in his prison and makes one of the greatest promises in the Bible. He is promised that he, if he calls upon the Lord, the Lord will hear him and the Lord will answer him. The psalmist said, I love the Lord. Not because he gave me riches and not because he gave me glory and not because he gave me a kingdom. He says, I love the Lord because he heard my cry. Praise God. Think about where Jeremiah is when this promise is made. He is in prison. He is living in the middle of a wicked people. He is living in a nation that is experiencing an awful judgment of an almighty God. Yet the Lord wants Jeremiah to know what God cares about Jeremiah. That he cares about Jeremiah and he cares about what he's facing. And he brings hope and comfort to Jeremiah in the middle of that prison cell. I don't know what situation you're going through or where you are at but that gives us hope it doesn't matter where you are at today he will hear you too it doesn't matter what you are up against he will hear you too but not only will he hear you he will answer your prayers as well he may not answer them the way you want him to answer them all the time, but he will always answer them correctly and in a way that brings glory to his name. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 11. And I'm finishing with this. It says, Ask, and it shall be given you. And ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be open. Or what man is there of you, whom of his son asks bread, will give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will you give him a serpent? If, the, if ye then, being evil, know how to give Good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your father which is in heaven. Give good things to them that ask him. First John chapter 5 verse 14 and 15 says. And this is the confidence. That we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will. He heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us. Whatsoever we ask. We know 
that we have the petitions that we desired of him. What are you facing today? Well, whatever it is, it's not too big for him. He can save the lost. He can help you in a time of need. He can comfort a a heart that is broken. He can love those who are lonely. We serve a God who nothing is impossible. Because he's truly our hope in this desperate time. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.